Welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people making an impact in the fresh produce sector. We'll take a deep dive into what they do and find out how they're helping to reduce the amount of food lost or wasted along the farm to fork journey. But before we get started, did you know that according to the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, around 45% of the world's fruits and vegetables go to waste each year? If you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a part of the industry or simply a consumer, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today. Now, time for your host, Mitchell Denton. Hi there, and welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people of interest across the food supply chain. Today on our show, I'm joined by Letitia Walker from Kitch who I'll be talking to about how their food waste app is not only helping consumers reduce the amount of food they waste each year, but also helping them save large amounts on their annual grocery bills. So with no further delays, let's get started. Hi, Letitia. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Um, hey, Mitch. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm great. Currently nursing my morning coffee, which is always a highlight. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's actually the end of the day here, so I'm kind of ending on a high note with this interview. But before we get into it, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, and while you're at it, maybe just a fun little fact about yourself that most people don't know. So my name's Letitia, but people call me Tish, and I'm from England, Bristol, which is where I'm based at the moment. And I work for a household food waste app called Kitch, which I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about later. My background's in psychology, particularly behaviour change and consumption patterns. And I'm interested in global perspectives, global solutions, and the field of cultural psychology in particular. And a fun fact about me, which I don't think everyone knows, but definitely, definitely those most close to me, but I've studied in five different universities in five different countries, none of which are England. So mm. I'm a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a nomadic nerd. Yeah, say. wow. That's fantastic. Psychology, <laughs> that, that's, um, that's brilliant because I actually have a question that I wanted to ask you relating to Kitsch. But uh, before I get too far ahead of myself, <laughs> continuing on from you telling us what you do, would you mind telling us about how Kitsch first came about and how Kitsch is managing to locally fight against food waste and one of the most practical measures? So Kitsch was the brainchild of our CEO and co-founder, Alex. Um, and he came up with the idea about five years ago, and he was walking in a park with his friends. And a little side note, if you know Alex, he's a very conscious, organized individual who loves cooking. So for him, food waste is not a problem. He knows what's mm. in his fridge. He knows how to use it. Um, he's, he's virtually, he claims he's virtually zero waste, and I very much trust mm. him. <laughs> and yep. he was walking with some friends, and they were complaining about how much money they wasted on food. Alex, who works in tech he's currently working at google as well as kitsch was like there must be a technological solution to this there must be an app and he looked into it and there really wasn't anything out there and i think the more alex started to research it the more it became his mission um and that's yeah that's where kitsch was born mm. and what kitsch is is a free home food waste app we're currently only based in the uk but um we're thinking of expanding in US and Australia would definitely be our first locations because of language. Oh, great. 
And at its very core, it's designed to target long term behavior change. So we're looking to change food waste behavior in the household. And Kitch works by providing our users with tools and resources to help them simply buy what they eat and eat what they buy. For instance, if you're a Kitch user, you go to the supermarket, you can import all the food you bought by just scanning a receipt. And once the food is imported, Kitch categorizes, sets reminders for each product. So for instance, if you import a meat product, we'll say three days, you'll get a reminder saying you've got meat in the fridge, you've got chicken, use it up. Mm. Or a cupboard product after a month will say you've got nuts in your cupboard. Um, And then we also offer some additional features to help you solve the problem. So you can select different products and filter recipes. So you have a tomato and an onion and a cucumber, and you can find recipes with those three products in. Um, And we also, we offer tips. And every week we give our users a report about how much food they've wasted, the associated costs. um, And currently we're working on including emission data, you know, how much water you've saved. Mm. Um, Yeah, so that's, that's the main core of the app and that's how it works and recently we've just been working with a grant funded project to gamify the app so you now win bronze silver or gold spoons for positive food waste behavior so yeah that's that's kitchen in a nutshell (laughs) i love that when you were saying tips are you referring to like storage tips like what what is that yeah, so we've got Kitch Tips, which is like a whole tab section of the app. And it's like all sorts of things. It can be quite food waste based. So storage tips, how to use up your milk, what to do with peels, or it can also be a bit broader. So, you know, why eat organically, what's in season this month. But yeah, just to promote sustainable food consumption. Um, mm. And also, yeah if people do have a certain food in their fridge, just to help them know what to do with it. And we change the tips each week. We have a tip of the week each week to keep people involved and excited. Yeah, wow. That's brilliant. (laughs) So is there a psychological factor or factors at play when it comes to users adopting technology, specifically Kitsch in this case, in an effort to reduce their food waste contributions? Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> you're asking the psychologist so Th- many this is the question this is the one that I was wanting to ask <laughs> um yeah I mean so so many factors that are coming into play I think one of the most important things to remember with an app is how many apps there are out there so mm. I think there in a study in the beginning of this year there was just shy of nine million apps in the world globally wow. um so I think it's probably more by now and they're all out there competing for your attention and I'm afraid like the most sticky apps which is app slang for addictive (laughs) are social media like Instagram and Facebook and ones where you can scroll and you're continuously getting you know endorphin hits from new and exciting things that match the clever algorithms tell you you like so it's definitely a challenge to keep our users engaged Mm. um, when that's who we're competing against Um, which is why we've introduced features like tip of the week and gamification. Mm. Um, But equally, I think one really good thing about food waste as an environmentally destructive behavior in terms of changing the behavior is there's a direct cost to the individual. So it's expensive. Whereas a lot of like these environmentally bad behaviors like eating meat, the cost is very hidden for the consumer. 
it's more societal or larger environmental cost. But we can actually, you know, pinpoint this, you're wasting money. And that's a lot easier to change behavior from there, because our users can directly reap benefits from saving money. And I think this also means that our audience is not just green warriors, but also lower income families, or financially savvy people, um, which is really, really helpful. So yeah, they're two kind of different like psychological challenges that we have to overcome when creating that. Yeah, that's genius. So wanting to develop an app that can help users track their purchases is one thing, but developing an app that can provide recipes from listed home ingredients is a whole other beast. So I guess my question is, why do it? Why go above and beyond with your food waste solution when showing users how wasting food is hurting their pockets could surely be enough, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one thing highlighting the problem. And I think it's very important in changing intentions and belief about food waste because I think people actually don't know that they're doing it. Mm. Um, But I think, and as I mentioned earlier, behavior change is like our core mission. And unless people know how to respond and act, and the solution I don't think we are going to change behavior and in fact I think without presenting a solution so in our case this is the recipes the hacks and we have a shopping list function people will actually develop cognitive dissonance and respond by retreating and avoiding the problem and we could actually like exasperate the issue so I think as I mentioned earlier we need both elements for behavior change and highlighting the problem would not be enough yeah Um, and we have to give the solution as well Yeah, definitely. It sounds like a bit of a carrot and the stick type scenario. Totally. And yeah, I mean, within the app, we used to just give sticks to our users, being like, you've wasted this much food. But we're trying to give carrots as well. Um, Mm. So you waste this much food, but you're also doing well. (laughs) No, that's great. No, I love that. Mm. So what's something people seem to misunderstand about Kitsch when it comes to users playing a more practical role in food waste prevention? So, I mean, I think one misunderstanding or false expectation is that you expect that you'll download Kitsch and boom, you're a zero waste Mm. guru. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's kind of the same when you join the gym and you're like, dang, where's my abs? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, our users actually need to engage um, and Mm. they need to like actively interact to see positive results. And it takes time to get to zero waste. It takes time to change food waste habits. It takes time to change any habits. But I mean, we're definitely making it a lot easier than if they were going at it alone. I think that's something I I almost want to give people a disclaimer, like, you're not just going to download it, but please, please come back. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what do you think is the biggest challenge Kitsch must overcome in order to truly make an identifiable impact on not just the food industry, but also the nation's food security right now? Um, so, yeah, I think our biggest obstacle is actually making a business that's driven by impact and not money, mm. um, which like goes against the grain of like our current capitalist system. And it is actually such a challenge. And we're trying to develop a free app and we're never going to charge our users which means we have to rely on councils and supermarkets to jump on board and work with us and, Mm. you know, support our mission so that we can keep improving and expanding. And yeah, this is, I mean, this is a challenging for any startup, but I think a sustainable startup. It's particularly difficult. And in terms of food security, I mean, Kitch is targeting local food waste, but 
I really think the relationship between food waste and food security greatly transcends national boundaries. And, mm. you know, we need local solutions like Kitch for sure, but on a global scale to have a real tangible impact on food security and food, food redistribution. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So from where you stand, what would you identify as being one of the biggest pain points or blind spots when it comes to food waste on a retail and consumer level? And what practical measures do you think could combat this? So yeah, blind spots. So from a Western perspective, because the nature of food waste drastically changes around the world, the pain point is that it's actually largely a consumer's problem. So in the UK, 70% of food waste is in households, which is huge. And I think this fact really surprises people because they believe that food waste comes from supermarkets and the hospitality sector and, you know, the supply chain. But actually, it's that like end slice of bread that you threw away last week. That's really, that's like really the issue. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel also that equally the corporations, you know, they're encouraging us to buy too much, special offers, buy three, get a fourth, but you don't need that fourth. Um, but I think in terms of how we can combat this, we just need to make people more aware and equally give them solutions like Kitsch. But yeah, appeal to like the individuals, the household, and, you know, empower people to feel that an individual change in the food waste can have an impact on a collective level. So yeah, this, this is one of the biggest pain points, but it's also quite, you know, it can really inspire people because it is the individuals. So yeah. It's a pain point, but it's also a benefit of the nature of the issue. Yeah, absolutely. So has the COVID pandemic, for better or worse, seen any unique shopping behaviours from users? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it was like in Australia, but there were some crazy shopping behaviours here in the UK. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> as, if, as if we're entering apocalypse. Yeah. In relation to food waste, so I'm actually going to pull some statistics from RAP, which they're, they're our friends and they're the government body who do a lot of research about food waste in the UK and mm. they did a lot of they did a lot of surveys during the covid pandemic and they found that food waste in the first lockdown fell by 40% um, wow. which was huge and this was mainly due to like batch cooking and freezing um, eating leftovers and it it remained lower than pre-pandemic levels throughout the first half of 2020 but a recent report that came out said that food waste in the UK is actually back to the same levels as before the pandemic. I mean, what, what this really showed was that the reason people waste food is because they're actually really busy and they have other things to think about. Whereas when they're in the house, they had to shop less. They had time mm. to, you know, put into food. They probably also had less disposable income. So they weren't just buying food for the sake of it. Um, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think it was real interesting. I mean, COVID pandemic was like a great experiment for a lot of things, wasn't it? And particularly um, yeah. why we're wasting food. But in terms of our users, they've massively grown during the pandemic. But we actually only released Kitch on iOS last August. Maybe it was the year before. Yeah, 2019. So during COVID. So it's always difficult to pinpoint the exact impact of the pandemic and our launch. But yeah, our users have like increased consistently throughout this period mm. it's funny because here in australia we've had multiple lockdowns at this point we're still currently in a lockdown where we're about to make our way out of it but it's mm. been a very long journey and uh exactly what you're saying i feel like there, there's been like two 
uh, different sides to this where people, like you're saying, have been like bulk cooking meals and preparing meals and just making use of, of what's in the house. And then other people have been using food delivery services like crazy. Mm. And um, there's been like this this balancing act. And, and I have to put my hand up and say that I'm kind of caught in the middle of this where it's <laughs> like I've been like preparing meals. I've been getting very experimental in the kitchen and, and, and whipping up some fantastic meals. And then there's those days where I'm just completely burnt out and I'm relying on, on the food delivery services. But there, there seems to be no real middle ground. It's like people are either ordering in all the time or they're preparing what they have in the house. So it's been a very interesting like two-year stretch down here in Sydney. Yeah, I mean, our choices and freedom have just been stripped from us. And yeah, in terms of what we can do with food, which I think has actually been quite good. <laughs> oh, Totally. I, I personally hope that I can hold on to some of the the routines and habits that I've developed in this time. I feel like I've I've gotten to a place where I've gotten really good at, at preparing uh, elements of of my breakfast and my lunch for the next day, the night before, and like I've just I've kind of mapped out with the home office being able to like prepare meals properly in amongst everything, mm. and and so it's it's been both on a food health level quite good and just in a financial level it's been quite beneficial as well so for me personally as these lockdowns start to kind of ease off i, I need to find a way to hold on to some of these good habits that i've formulated but yeah it's, it's kind of a shame to to hear the, the waste levels in, in uh, the uk have kind of returned i know i mean yeah that was a really recent statistic that was in june and we came out of the lockdown Oh, when do we come out of lockdown again? I think about May. So that's also what was scary was it was really quick to return. Mm. So, but yeah, I mean, I hope more people like you, you know, are actively like, I'm going to keep these positive habits. Yeah. Um, and there were lots of positive habits that came out of lockdown. Like people doing more walks as well. People were being mm. more healthy. Um, no, definitely. So yeah, I mean, it is it is a bit sad. I mean, <laughs> I th I think there's a bit of a a pendulum swing situation where mm. the the lockdown is obviously it's been around for a decent amount of time, but it was a very extreme situation for a majority of people. So I I find kind of coming out the other side of that. I think people are like, oh my gosh, I want to go to my my favorite restaurant or or whatever and, and catch up with all my friends. And so I think there's this like pendulum swing in the other direction, at least initially, of like, I want to do all the things that I haven't been able to do for so long. And I'm I'm hoping because that that will no doubt happen, but I'm hoping on the back end that we can kind of meet in the middle somewhere. But who knows? We'll see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope your easing of lockdown. Oh, you must be excited. <laughs> oh, everyone here is itching at the hill. So everyone's going to go crazy, at least for the next few months, no doubt, especially over the Christmas break. Oh, yeah, because your Christmas is hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. So we, we have a, a hot, summery Christmas. So number one, everyone needs to get outdoors and get to the beach and, and what have you. Yeah. And then we just have not had any kind of social life and, and social life around eating and dining with other people so mm. like like i said I, I think there will be that extreme in the other direction and then hopefully a bit of a recorrection in the new year but we will see. yeah i mean hopefully that's what will happen in the uk um and also we might go into another lockdown so woo! <laughs> <laughs> exciting exciting so all that to be said is there a particular group or innovation within the industry that you're excitedly keeping a watchful eye on 
Um, well, I mean, what post harvest does sounds really cool. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I I think my interest kind of lies in these far fetched like tech solutions. Um, mm. One that I'm I'm particularly excited about seeing how it comes along is the cellular agriculture, which which isn't food waste in particular, but it's food sustainability. So you know the cultured lab grown meat, and you know that would be so exciting to find an alternative to intensive farming. Yeah. Um, but obviously this is still at very early stages, and you know they've got huge challenges in terms of cost reduction. I can't remember mm-hmm. I was reading how much like the first bit of like chicken nugget cost to develop and it was like billions or something yeah wow but yeah i mean it's not directly linked to food waste but it would also reduce the associated costs of like water land and emissions of throwing away meat so you know i think this is like a really exciting direction of food sustainability in terms of food waste um yeah i mean i i hope that stuff like kitsch can really take off and we can just find simple solutions because it is just subtle changes in behavior that need to happen I don't think we need so much these like radical changes I think maybe in other parts of the world the food waste would be better solved with some you know just even better roads to get to get food across the country yeah um so yeah simple solutions but also the very cool futuristic innovations are also very exciting but there's there's so much great stuff going on in this space um and you know as you know food is food is the crux of society so there's always going to be some I mean I really hope that food is obviously largely the problem for our environmental crisis but also is very much going to be involved in the solution yeah no, that's great so when it comes to food waste food security and sustainability what's the biggest area you're most curious about and why or to put it in another way what are some of the things the kitsch team are researching the most right now um so something that both I'm curious about as well as Kitsch, I think, is using data for the force of good. So we collect quite a lot of data in our app um, and, you know, embracing the way that we can use this data and AI can help us live better. Because um, mm. obviously we have data-driven technology controlling how we already shop, eat, interact, travel. And these like AI algorithms are super powerful, but they could also really help us. And I think, you know, harnessing this technology for the force of good would be amazing. And it would be great if your AI could tell you, you know, you always buy a bunch of bananas each week. So instead of throwing away, we're just going to add two to your shopping list rather than a bunch and advise you, you know, to buy a small carton of milk every week because, you know, we know how much you consume or even as far as like meal planning on Wednesday, we know you're going to want to eat. Um, pasta because you work out on Wednesday evening and just making it really simple for people would be really great and then we don't give people I mean obviously people should always have the decision of what they eat but you know we can advise it a lot better than we're doing right now and yeah Yeah. so I think that's something that Kitsch really wants to start um, looking into developing a bit more like clever and like personalized tech within the app um yeah using our data which would be really exciting yeah that's cool i i feel like i could really use that kind of input in my mm. like r- regular shopping oh that's that's cool that's exciting 
So unfortunately, Letitia, we are coming to a close. But before we do, I just want to ask you, what is the number one takeaway you really want listeners to absorb from this episode? Um, Food is precious (laughs) and it belongs in our bellies and not our bins. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think if you can just make a small change, then food waste is a really good place to start because you can have an impact and you don't have to be perfect, zero waste. I mean, I even throw food away sometimes, uh, but being conscious can really help. Um, and if you're in the UK, download Kitch. But if you're elsewhere, I'm sure there's some great local organisations that can help you, um, teach you, give you resources, tips, hacks. And yeah, yeah, food waste is just, it's just a crazy thing we do. It's so unnecessary. We don't really have to change the way we actually consume. We just have to make a very small conscious decision just yeah to buy what you eat and eat what you buy food is precious i love it well that's all for today's episode of let's talk farm to fork thanks for listening and thank you Letitia, for joining me thank you mitch it's been a pleasure if you'd like to know more about Letitia and kitsch check out the link in the description of this episode make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and don't forget to leave a review and share with your friends until next time you've been listening to let's talk farm to fork a post-harvest podcast We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Farm to Fork. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, if you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a supplier, consumer, or anyone in between the farm to fork journey, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today.